Welcome to Unconventional Success, where we are rewriting the rules for female solopreneurs. I'm your host, Tiffany Dawson, a business and mindset coach. I help women who value freedom to earn the income they need to facilitate the lifestyle they want. I'll share interviews with successful female founders and my own tips on how to build a bulletproof mindset, make your own rules for your reality, and think strategically about your business so you can earn free-flowing revenue while spending quality time with your family. Remember, you can do life and business in a totally unconventional way and be wildly successful at the same time. The only person you need permission from is you. Before I get started on today's episode, I was wondering if I could ask for your help. I'm looking for 30 mothers who are also entrepreneurs and also 10 expectant mums or women who want to be mums in the future to help me out with filling out a questionnaire. This is specifically for mums or future mums who are looking to grow and scale their businesses, but also wish that there was some sort of support system where they could connect with like-minded women who got their challenges of being both a mother and an entrepreneur. If this is you, I'd really appreciate your help. The link is in the show notes just below. And in return, I'd like to thank you by entering you into a prize draw for a 20 pound Amazon gift voucher or a bookshop.org gift voucher. Totally your choice. Let's get to today's episode. Hello from my brand new office space. I'll be really interested to listen to this back and see if the sound quality is any better than when I record in my previous office. I've moved rooms. Um, Basically, my husband is now working full time from home and I decided I wanted a change of scenery. So I gave him my old office, which was actually quite a small little boxy room and the windows a bit too high to see out of. And I've moved downstairs to a room that will be cooler in the summer. It's got a big window that looks right out onto the garden. There's also an actual bed in this spare room, which I'm hoping will help improve the sound quality when I'm recording videos and podcasts and doing interviews with other people. So yeah, really cool. I had a nice Ikea trip with little Harry last week. You might have seen a couple of things on my Instagram stories. He's so funny. Like he's at this age now. So what is he? 21 months. He's at this age now where he's starting to try and strike up conversations with you and you know strangers that he meets he's super curious he's very mobile now meaning he can get up to a bit of mischief uh which is fun (laughs) i think some parents really dread the toddler stage but i'm finding it super fun so far maybe i haven't hit that terrible twos mark yet or maybe it won't happen to me i don't know fingers crossed hey (laughs) i bet everyone says that (laughs) But I chose a lovely, like, natural, uh, I think it's made of bamboo, actually, table from Ikea with white legs. It's just really bright, clean, airy, and that's the type of vibe that I want, not just in my physical surroundings, but also mentally in my mind as well. You know, bright, airy, lots of space, room for creativity, just simple materials and yeah this has totally hit the brief 
It's even got some little drawers, which is nice. And the other thing that's really good is that previously, although I had my own office, the desk was actually my husband's old workplace's desk, which they came and collected last week. Another reason for the desk move and desk purchase. But because it wasn't really my desk, I know I was using it most of the time, but because it wasn't really my desk, it just felt like it wasn't mine. Uh, and sometimes my husband would go up there and use it if I wasn't there because I only work three days a week. So there's something about having my own desk. I feel like a little child again. <laughs> you know, when you get a new desk or piece of furniture for your room and you get to decorate it and everything. Yeah, it's just really, really nice to have that separation. Today, I want to use this episode to give you some advice which then I also want you to feel totally empowered to not listen to (laughs) because the advice is why you should stop asking for advice and then what to do instead. So by all means, totally ignore everything I'm about to say because the advice is to not ask for advice. Confusing? I hope so. (laughs) But let me explain. So When I first started my business, like most early business owners, I had no idea what to do. Like I literally quit my job, didn't have a side hustle beforehand. I quit my job and just entered full time five days a week into working for myself. I knew there were certain things I should have, like a social media account and website. And I knew like the things But other than that, I didn't really know how to market myself, how to attract new clients, how to run my coaching sessions. And when you don't know what to do anything, especially in our day and age, who do you ask? Google. So you go and ask Google first. It'll spit out all this advice that is super common stuff that everyone does. Who else do you also ask? Probably people in your network or maybe you start listening to podcasts. So this was my approach. I asked for advice either in person or kind of, you know, not really asking anyone, but searching for the answers. And I realized after a while it wasn't serving me. And I kind of wish that this was a lesson that I learned way, way earlier. So I'm hoping in sharing this with you, you get to save a bit of time, quite a lot of heartache and get to really work on your ideas in your unique way that will really hit home to your audience. So some examples, examples of early advice that I was given that I didn't quite agree with or ended up not listening to. (laughs) Uh, First one was start a side hustle first. So before leaving your nine to five, start a side hustle, start earning money or start at least creating an audience before you leave your nine to five. Did I do this? No. (laughs) Would I recommend this to anyone? I mean, probably not, but if you said to me you wanted to do that, I wouldn't discourage you from doing it. It worked for me. I made it work. So what happened with me was that I ended up working in an engineering job where I felt really trapped. I felt really 
unfulfilled, deeply unhappy in my job. I had a boss who I just couldn't see eye to eye with. And that's really strange for me because I feel like I can generally get along with most people. I'm one of those people who I can find commonalities, uh, forgive some of the quirks and get along with most people. But this guy, I don't know, just something didn't work for me. And I'm not saying that he definitely did everything wrong or anything like that. I just knew that I couldn't work with him. There were so many fundamental values that I couldn't see eye to eye with him on. And it just made me so unhappy to feel trapped in that position. Can you relate? Have you ever been in a situation like that, either in employment or friendship circles or anything like that? It feels awful and it feels like I just, yeah, going back to it, I just wanted to escape. I had this feeling of needing to flee. It was almost this physical sensation of wanting to run away as quickly as possible. So that's kind of what I did. I knew I was unhappy, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So as soon as I figured that out, as soon as I knew I wanted to coach, I ran. I quit my job. I had, I think it was like, I gave them extra notice because I knew it was difficult to hire in for that role. Also, I wasn't in a massive rush other than wanting to leave. So yeah, I think I gave, what, three or four weeks notice instead of two. And I left. I hadn't started anything up. I hadn't started my social media accounts. The only thing I had done maybe in the last few weeks of work was uh, set up a landing page for my website. And all that was on there was uh, something to collect people's email addresses so that before I left work, I could send a goodbye message to everyone and let people know what I was doing next. If you wanted to stay in touch and keep updated, here's where you can sign up to my newsletter. So that's all I had done. And I remember actually, uh, I, I've never set up a website before. So it kind of took a bit of time for me to get used to using Squarespace and everything. I remember very clearly at that point in time, I was living with some friends. So, uh, my husband and the two other people who lived in that house, they were really getting into Love Island. I feel like that might have been the first season of Love Island. They were getting so into it and I couldn't watch it. I just, there's something about all the arguments that they have. I I can't get on board. Do you relate? Are you one of those people as well? I have yet to meet someone else who can't quite get on board with Love Island. I've tried. Not that I wanted to, I was just at people's houses while they were watching it and something in me can't watch people fight about who's allowed to kiss who or who's allowed to have a snuggle with someone in bed. I just can't do it. Anyway, I digress. Where was I? Yes, they were watching Love Island and I was in the next room building my website and I remember very clearly thinking, and feeling so smug because I was building a business while everyone else was wasting their time watching Love Island. (laughs) So that was the start, but I, I honestly hadn't started a side hustle first. 
Okay, so that was early advice that I didn't listen to, but I survived. In fact, I did more than survive. I've now built a thriving business with amazing clients who I get to work with and I get to work on my own terms, which is amazing. Other early advice that I can provide as examples was as a coach, we're generally encouraged to start up our coaching practices by doing loads of pro bono pro bono work. So doing coaching sessions for free and quite extensive ones as well. I know if you do a coaching qualification, there's a certain number of hours of coaching hours that you've got to do. Most people would do those all completely for free. And the other advice is to like give, 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 then ask. I get this. I get why it might work for some people, but there was always something niggling in me that was like, this doesn't feel right to me. In fact, I actually tried to do pro bono work for a while, but I either couldn't get people to properly commit to the sessions or they'd they'd do one or two sessions and then ghost. I knew deep down that it wasn't because I was crap at coaching and that was really fortunate. (laughs) I think because I had coached so many people in my full-time job as an engineering leader, I knew that I was good at it. I knew I had seen results. So I knew that like that wasn't the problem, but it was so frustrating to give something really valuable away for free, something that you put your heart and soul and energy into and people just don't commit. And I really think it's because there's no energy exchange, whether that's money or time or something to give back, there was nothing in return. The reason I was reminded of this piece of advice was because I actually found my old journal from when I first started my business. It has a mix of journaling, notes from meetings, etc., etc. But one of the pages was actually a catch up with an old colleague of mine who had gone into coaching not long before I started my business. And we had connected on Instagram and thought it would be a good chance to catch up and for me to ask her how she started and what her advice would be. So I was asking her specifically for business coaching advice. And yeah, that was exactly what she said. Do loads of pro bono one-to-one work, get those testimonials in, which that is clever, by the way, get those testimonials in, Uh, offer free lunch workshops for companies and organizations, give, 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 be of service, and then ask. And yeah, this was most of her advice. And I know that she also did a coaching qualification. So this was a lot of the stuff that she was taught, the advice that she was given, and she gave that to me. So not only did I try and do pro bono one-to-one coaching, but from this advice from this old colleague that I had, I also did a free lunch workshop for an engineering company. So this was back when I coached women in STEM, science, tech, engineering, math, to be uh, more confident in their roles as minorities because it's full of men in those workplaces and to step up into leadership with confidence. So I did one free workshop for a really well-known engineering company 
And I worked so hard in putting this relationship together, giving away free stuff. I even gave away one-to-one half-hour calls to any of the attendees. I did so much and I got absolutely nothing in return. When I went back to say, I actually sell these services for something. Um, the person who helps me organize it, so a director in that company said, yes, we're really into this. We really want support from our, for our female engineers. Please uh, send us your proposal and let us know how we can work with you, what your prices are. Sent him the proposal, spent ages on it, got crickets back kept following up, kept getting crickets back and kept getting, yes, yes, we're into it, but just nothing again. So for me, I'm not saying this is particularly true for everyone because I'm sure this works for other people, but for me, doing pro bono work just did not work. And I think it was the expectation that if I did something for free, I would get something in return. I now do pro bono work but I don't expect anything in return. It's really just a chance for me to give with no expectations. On the flip side, another piece of early advice that most business owners are given is stop giving away your time for free. (laughs) This is where you can start getting really confused, really frustrated because all you want to do is learn how to grow a thriving business. You're looking up common advice that all business owners, uh, all successful business owners follow, and you find stuff that is totally opposite. So, you know, give, 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 and then also don't give away your time for free. So what are you supposed to do? I chose to ignore this advice after a couple of failed attempts at giving my way, uh, giving away my time for free in expectation for something in return. But even later in my business life, I still kind of have this voice of don't stop giving your stop giving stuff away for free. This isn't right. You're a business. You should be uh, making money. But an example of when I gave my time away for free recently, you know, after years of being in business was just a few weeks ago before I launched my strategy sessions, I wanted to trial it out before I asked someone to pay for it. I wanted to try it out in terms of the results of the strategy session. I knew that I could provide this because I've done it for clients in the past. I was able to help people to pinpoint their sales and marketing strategies to be more visible in front of their audiences, to nail their messaging without being super sleazy. I could do that, but I didn't know if I could do it in one 75 minute block of time. So what did I do? I trusted my instincts and I said to myself, I need to test this out before I ask someone to part with their valuable money. I also want to make sure that I can provide what I promise. So how am I going to do that? I'm going to test it out. I had a friend, well, have a friend who runs a business. She'd said to me in the past, in passing, I'm having trouble with this and that. 
So I knew that she would be a really good candidate for a strategy session. So I said to her, hey, I want to trial something out. It is totally free. I don't expect anything in return, but would you be willing and would it be helpful to do a strategy session? And this is what you'd get out of it. My purpose is to test this out and see if I can actually produce the results in 75 minutes. Oh my God, am I glad that I did that trial session because it took way longer than 75 minutes. So since then I've made changes to make the session more efficient. And that includes providing a really detailed questionnaire before the session. So a lot of that initial discussion, initial information and fact finding was done in that questionnaire before the session even started. So if you do find yourself thinking, should I give this thing away for free? Have a think, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition and see if it is the right thing to do in this moment. Because I think blanket statements like never give your time away for free, that's all well and good, but it is a blanket statement. It's not related to your specific situation in that moment in time, right? So you really need to make that judgment call for yourself. The last example I want to give is from one of the business coaches I had very early on. He had this thing of every single customer who goes through your service must have the exact same customer journey. And that means you must do a discovery call before you sign a client on for one-to-one work. This is what I followed for years and years. It wasn't until the last maybe nine months that I started to let go of this. It was this rule in my head that kind of made sense at the time that I never thought to question ever again. You must do a discovery call. Every customer must have the same customer journey. It should be fair for everyone. That kind of makes sense. But now I know for my business, for the type of person who comes to me for help, a discovery call isn't always the best thing for them. Sure, for that business coach that I had, for his business, maybe it worked really well for him. Maybe it worked for his clients. But for my customer base, a lot of the time it is busy mums who are also entrepreneurs juggling a whole bunch of different things. And the last thing they want is another meeting in their diary. Sure, if they want to chat, I'm very open to doing a discovery call with them via Zoom on video call. But for the last five clients I've signed up for one-to-one work, it's just been chatting over the DMs. So a mixture of voice notes, text messages over Instagram and LinkedIn DMs. And through that, we've gotten to know each other well enough that we've signed on as one-to-one working clients. Isn't that crazy that sometimes you're given advice and you just never think to question it again, because at the time you don't know any better and you don't even think that you can question anything from an authority, right? So the reasons that asking for advice can sometimes be a bit dangerous and a bit blindsided is that the person who you're asking advice from doesn't know your business and your industry and your audience as well as you do. So how can their advice necessarily 
be 100% correct for your situation. So back when I was coaching women in STEM, I used to love listening to business podcasts, still do. And the thing is business podcasts like this one generally are uh, hosted by people who are business coaches, right? But the thing is they have often lost sight of the fact that other people might not also be business coaches. So you might not be coaching a coach who is a business coach. Does that make sense? You might be coaching someone who is outside of your own industry, but most business coaches will say to you, make sure in your social media, you are showing uh, your life, uh, showing off what you do day to day because you're living an aspirational lifestyle for your audience. For me, that wasn't true. Me showing that I was able to take time off whenever I wanted or that I can go and work in a cafe because I was bored of my office at home. That wasn't possible for my target audience. My target audience were people who worked nine to five in an office. So sometimes the advice that is really common out there doesn't work for you. Another reason that advice might not work for you is that you might simply hate doing the thing that's being advised to you. (laughs) So, you know, like go live on Instagram every single day. What if you hate showing your face on camera? What if you hate going live? The pressure of it gets too much for you or you just really fear tripping over your words. That will show if you force yourself to do something that you don't actually want to do, then it'll show that. So this is different to forcing yourself to do something you're uncomfortable with, but you actually want to do. I'm talking about you don't even want to go live every day on Instagram, but because someone on the internet told you to, you're now doing it because you think that that's the way to get uh, more clients or a bigger audience. What if you hate doing it, right? That energy will show, that energy will translate. And when people see you showing up live and you don't even want to be there, then why would they want to work with you? So you really need to have a good, hard think with yourself about what it is that you want to do. If you're just nervous, but you want to do that thing, that's different. I think people can look past nerves and see passion, but if you're nervous and not passionate about doing it, just don't bother. Do something else, find a different avenue. Another great reason to stop listening to advice is that I bet you if you were given the space, you might think of something completely different to solve the problem and so much more effective for your business and for you than the advice that's given. If you blindly follow advice, you're not even giving yourself the time or space to have a think, to innovate, to come up with something new or completely different to what everyone else is doing. And what gets people's attention? when you do stuff differently. So give yourself that opportunity at least. 
Okay, but what if you don't know how to do something and now I'm telling you to not ask for advice or look it up on Google? What are you supposed to do instead? How are you supposed to try and figure it out? So here's a few tips. If it is something that, if it's an answer that you can get from your audience and clients, ask and listen to them. So it might be something like, I don't know how to structure my recurring payments for this program that I'm doing. Instead of Googling it and seeing what all the other coaches are doing, ask some of your current clients or your past clients, or maybe do a little Instagram poll. Hey, how do you prefer to pay for things? Is it monthly, quarterly, yearly, or a one-off payment? What would you prefer? Right? So instead of trying to figure out on the internet, what do most people do? Try and figure out what will actually hit home for your clients. Another thing you could do is that if you do go out and get advice, that's fine. It's always good to get inspiration from others and find out what other people are doing, but then don't just blindly listen to it. You need to go and filter it through your own knowledge and experience and thoughts. So please don't just listen to advice and then do it. Have a pause. Think about how it would show up in your business, how it would work for your clients. Step into the shoes of your future clients or the ones who you want to work with and see if that's actually advice that would be good to do for your business. Another thing that ties into that is to listen to your intuition. So as I said before, an example of that was that I did do a trial uh, strategy session for free for my friend, even though this is common advice out there for business owners to stop doing things for free, stop giving away your time. Please, if you think it is right for you, if if you think it will help you to grow your confidence before you sell, because that is vital. If you're not confident in the thing you're selling, you're never going to show up in a way that people feel like they can trust you. So if you feel it would help grow your confidence, if you want to test something out before you sell it, or maybe there's another reason, just listen to your intuition. And finally, I think this is the best piece of advice for not listening to advice is If you make a choice and you think it's risky because maybe no one else has done it before or maybe you've just never seen anyone approach the problem this way, I want you to trust that you'll figure it out in the end because that's true for everything you've done in the past. You might have made a decision that might not have been common Or maybe it didn't quite work the way that you wanted it to and you wish that you'd gone the other way, but you worked it out. You either solved the problem, you fixed the mistake, maybe it worked out better than you had expected, but either way, you will figure it out in the end. And a good way to think about this is think about in three years time, right? In three years time, if I made this wrong choice, I'll have moved past it. I won't still be stuck. Maybe the worst thing that would happen is I lose the opportunity for signing up a few clients or maybe I lose a bit of money by investing this thing. But I will have learned something from it, which is priceless, and I will have moved past it and figured it out. 
So I hope this episode has inspired you to really think for yourself, to be innovative, not to follow advice blindly and to really question how things fit into your own business. Don't fall into the trap that I did early on, which was, oh, if I follow this common advice and it didn't work, that means that I've done it wrong. No, it's just that the advice you listen to didn't work for your business and it's probably because it's blanket advice that doesn't look into the specifics of your current situation. If listening to this episode has made you think, oh my goodness, there is this one piece of of advice I've been following blindly and now I'm starting to question it, but God, I'm scared. I don't know what to do next. I need to sort out my thoughts and reorder things. Please come and speak to me. I promise I won't give you advice unless you ask for it. But what I will do is to help you figure out using your own wisdom, how to untangle this problem in your mind. So come and find me on Instagram at Tiffany Dawson underscore. Send me a message. I will help you out right there to untangle things in your mind and come up with the best innovative solution that works for you and your business right in this moment in time. Speak soon and until next week, take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you could help me spread the word that this podcast is here to help other female solopreneurs just like you. Please give this podcast show a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe if you'd like to see when future episodes come out. If you have any questions about the topic spoken about today, I'm always happy to answer your questions. Come and find me over on Instagram at Tiffany Dawson underscore and shoot me a DM. I'd love to help. Until next time, take care.